This episode is sponsored by me, Andy Hill, the host of this show. If you're looking for someone to support you on your family, wealth, and happiness journey, I'm taking on a select number of coaching clients this year. To work with me one-on-one for your family finances, go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more. This openness and transparency and honesty that comes from conversations like this is hopefully going to lead to a great start to your marriage. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Welcome to the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast, everybody. This is Andy Hill, and today we're answering two questions from the Marriage, Kids, and Money community. And after that, we're going to be doing our FinTech Spotlight segment, and that's going to feature Oddity Shaker from Zeta. Oddity is going to talk to us about different ways couples can combine their finances in marriage. And we're going to learn a little bit more about their new personal finance app that helps with the process. All right, let's jump into today's show. Our first question actually comes from a recent interview I did on my local ABC TV affiliate here in Detroit. Super cool. WXYZ TV Detroit. Nicole and I met with a um, super awesome local news reporter named Amira David, and she asked me the question, what financial questions should you be asking your partner before you get married? And the segment turned out great. It was, um, you know, really quick, uh, you know, local news style, three minutes. And um, I was able to post it on my Facebook channel and share it with some folks. So if you want to check that out, go to facebook.com slash Andy Hill MKM and like that page and you can check it out there. But anyway, we had a whole professional crew come to the house and uh, Nicole got all excited because we got to you know, uh, fix up the house a little bit and make it look real nice. And we, we made a pot of coffee and set out some food for them and they didn't eat any of it, but it was really nice anyway. (laughs) Anyway, so I shared three questions during that segment. And today I thought it would be cool if I added on, oh, you know, an additional 13 to, to think about as you are considering walking down the aisle with somebody and saying, I do for the rest of your life. So I'm going to arm you with 16 questions to ask your partner before you get married. Actually, this episode is going to be great for anybody who's considering getting married, but it's also fun for those of us who are already married. And one of the questions that we should have asked (laughs) before we got married and we didn't, and that would include both Nicole and I as well, because we were mostly just like uh, in love with each other and we got married super quick, long distance dated first, and then just got married super quick. And we, we, we omitted, we forgot to ask a lot of these questions beforehand and we're, we've been learning them over the past nine years, but anyway, we're still married. Woohoo. Knocking on wood here. And uh, yeah, anyway. Here we go. Number one, how much debt do you have? All right. So this includes credit cards, medical debt, student loans, home loans, and the dreaded family or friend loan. You know, that money where you're like, oh, I owe my mom like 5,000 bucks. Just FYI. You're going to want to know that before we get married. So anyway, when we get married, we're saying what's mine is yours and what's yours is mine. So let's make sure we know what we are inheriting, especially when it comes to the debt. So that's number one. Number two, 
how much money do you have saved? Now, if your partner has zero dollars to their name, no big deal. It's not a deal breaker. It's just good to know, right? This question can spark some conversations on whether your partner considers themselves more of a spender or a saver, and maybe how you two could work together to increase that total savings if it is zero or less than zero for that matter. (laughs) Number three, are you investing for your retirement? Knowing how important it is to start retirement investing early, getting an answer to this question is an important one if you are jumping into marriage. Perhaps your partner is taking advantage of the company 401k matching plan, wink, wink, (laughs) or they're investing in their own traditional or Roth IRA. This is a great opportunity for you to discuss what retirement means to you and what it means for them. So again, this is all questions that spark additional questions and a great way for you to learn more about your spouse. Number four, what is your income? (gasps) Can I ask that? Uh, Yes, you can. In our society, this question is quite taboo, right? And it's very personal. But you know what? You're about to marry this person, so ask it. Marriage is as personal as you can get. Number five, how do you feel about merging our finances together when we're married? Now, I'm a big proponent of merging all your finances together when you get married. That shows partnership and teamwork. But that is my own personal opinion and the marriage that I want to have with my wife. That might be completely different for you, and that's okay. If you want to keep things separate, that's fine. I know a lot of couples that's worked completely great for. So find out from your spouse what they think, or your, your partner for that matter, what they think, and share your opinion. This is a great opportunity for you to talk about your collective family goals and work on a partnership. Number six, if you do want to combine income, what financial goals would you be interested in working on together with our double income? So when Nicole and I got together, she was making around 60,000 bucks, something like that. And I was making around 40,000. So combined, we became a six figure couple right away like that. So I went from making $40,000 to essentially having a household income of $100,000 just by saying I do. Whoa, that's awesome, right? (laughs) So what we did with that, we partnered together and we paid off a boatload of debt within the next 18 months of our marriage. So Think about that. Your double income, especially if you have no kids in the beginning of the marriage, could be huge for your future finances. Number seven, what do you spend your money on that makes you happy? So this is a good question that will give you a gauge on your future partner's passions, right? Does shopping light them up? Does gambling light them up? Does whatever, you know, fishing, hobbies, things like that. Either way, it's good to know. Number eight, how do you feel about renting or owning a home? If you're financially strapped in the beginning of your relationship, it's good to know how your main squeeze feels about owning versus renting. If you both have a good amount of money for a you know big down payment, home ownership could be a smart option for your new marriage. Great conversations to have. Number nine, what are your career or entrepreneurial goals? 
Now, this is a good one to know, especially if their future career goals require additional education expenses like a master's degree. If they have business ownership as a future goal, nailing down those specifics will help you analyze the positives as well as the negatives of what you're getting into. Depending on what that business is, it could require a lot of capital and it's a good thing to talk about beforehand. Number 10, can you live on a monthly budget? One of the best ways Nicole and I have developed a strong marriage is by living on a monthly zero-based budget. This budget helps us assign every one of our dollars each month to a category, and it ensures that we're moving forward on our family goals. Number 11, is charitable giving important to you? If so, what percentage of your income do you give or want to give? This question helps you get an understanding of a very important topic, giving. Whether your partner is religious or spiritual or has a a special place in their heart for a cause or a political affiliation or a charity, you're going to want to know about it. Number 12, if you had a million dollars and had to give it away, what would you do with it? Your partner's answer to this question reveals where their passions lie, their true heart, their calling. Are they all about family? Are they all about saving the planet? This one is actually a great question, too, for those married couples out there as well. Number 13, do you want kids? If so, how many do you want to have? Opinions on the right amount of children, they they vary widely, right? Knowing where your partner stands on having one kid versus five kids versus none at all is definitely going to help you feel more comfortable going into a lifelong commitment together. Number 14, what are your thoughts on adoption or IVF in vitro fertilization if we are not able to have children? Now, assuming your future spouse wants to have children, or and you as well, having a discussion together on what you'll do if you guys run into some difficulty with conceiving is a smart thing to do. Adoption or IVF are excellent ways to make parenthood a reality if the traditional route is not an option, but there are financial implications as well that need to be considered. Number 15, what is your policy on loaning family money? Ooh, this is a good one. The external factors of in-laws or siblings or even close friends They can play a huge role in the stability of a person's marriage. When we add money into that crazy quagmire, we're asking for trouble. (sighs) It would be smart to know where your partner stands on loaning money to the people they are closest to. Number 16, last one here, everybody. What are your dreams for life? We're getting married so our partners can take us to the next level in life. They are going to help us become better people. We're essentially going to be enhanced versions of ourselves and go places we've never gone before. So where is that place for your partner? Do they want to travel the world? Are they interested in having a bunch of kids and be involved in their activities and sports? 
Do they want to own a business someday? Do they want to change the world? And if so, how? These are excellent, excellent questions to dream with them on. And again, this is really going to help you understand their overall motivations for life and what fills them up. So those are the 16 questions, everybody. All of these questions, they're going to lead to eye-opening and incredible conversations that will start your marriage off right. This openness and transparency and honesty that comes from conversations like this is hopefully going to lead to a great start to your marriage. We'll be back to the show after a word from our sponsors. Are you looking for someone to walk alongside you on your journey to family financial independence? Well, I would love to help you achieve your goals and help your family thrive. I work with couples, individuals, and families all around the U.S. via video chat and can assist in the following areas. Becoming debt-free, growing your net worth, crafting and sticking to your budget, reviewing Coast Fire plans, developing strategies to build generational wealth for your kids, and designing your future work-optional lifestyle. Doesn't that sound nice? (laughs) If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can book a time with me by visiting marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching. I would love to help you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash coaching to learn more, or you can click the link in our show description. If you're looking to improve your financial situation, it helps when you're able to cut out unnecessary costs. Cell phone services are a necessity for sure, but we don't need to be overpaying for them, right? That's why I like Tello Mobile, a phone service worth talking about. We've been fully on board as a family with Tello for over two years now, and we are so happy that we made the switch. For us, the reception and data service is better than Verizon, and our costs were nearly cut in half. Tello runs on the T-Mobile network and it's wowing new customers like us with their rock bottom prices and stellar service. With over 10,000 reviews, Tello is rated as excellent on Trustpilot, and this is quite rare in the wireless world. Nicole and I went for the unlimited data, minutes, and texting plan for only 25 bucks per month each. Isn't that crazy? You heard that right. $25 is their most expensive plan, actually. And Tello is running a special offer for MKM listeners right now. Check out Tello today at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. That's marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. And use the code MKM20 to get 20% off on your first month of service for any Tello plan above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. Marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Tello. Thanks for considering our sponsors, everybody. Now let's jump back into the show. For our second question of the month, it comes in from Catherine from Buffalo. Hi, Andy. This is Catherine calling from Buffalo, New York. Huge fan of the show. Um, I just had a quick question for you. If you could maybe explain the importance of an umbrella policy. My husband and I just bought our first house, and we're not totally sure if we need this yet or if we can go without it. Um, If you could explain, you know, when you do need it and kind of the importance of it. 
All right, great. Thank you. Catherine, thank you so much for reaching out to me. I'm glad you're digging the show. It's so great to hear messages like that. Thank you. And as for your question, I'm going to caveat this big time that I am not an insurance specialist or a financial planner or really a financial anything. So please take my answer with just a regular grain of salt because I'm just a regular dude who's going to tell you what he and his wife did with regard to umbrella insurance. Cool. All right, cool. Okay, first, here's why Nicole and I got umbrella insurance. For us, this was essentially meant to protect us against getting sued. I've never been in a lawsuit before, currently knocking on wood, and I hope to never, ever be in one. But from what I've heard, they suck. Lawyers, money, arguments, lawyers, and more money. So want to avoid that. So something that I might want to avoid, for example, is if someone slipped and fell at our house and they decided to sue us for their injuries and the cost fell outside of our homeowner's insurance, then we'd be covered by our umbrella insurance. Uh, Another example, if we got into a major car accident and my car insurance did not cover all of the damages, my umbrella insurance would support us from paying more out of pocket. And another one, with us considering getting into rental properties and us both starting little small businesses, umbrella insurance was that little inexpensive coverage that made us feel more comfortable. So at what point should you consider getting umbrella insurance? Again, I'll start with our situation. Once we started accumulating assets and grew our net worth to around a half million, we decided to get a policy. We had a home, we had, you know, again, we're starting these businesses, things like that. It made sense for us. Now, I'm not sure of your specific financial situation, Catherine, as you and your husband are now just getting married. If you're still getting yourself out of debt and you don't have a lot of assets, it might not be necessary for you, but I don't know all of your details. So that is something that um, you'll have to research a little bit more or, you know, Uh, take into consideration as you're assessing your situation. But I read this article from Fidelity and they gave me a few more reasons for people to consider getting umbrella insurance outside of the ones that I've already shared with you. So here's a couple of them. Number one here, if you have a certain type of dog, so you could read between the lines there, the one that maybe just might run off the leash and bite somebody. Ouch, that would hurt. And as the lawsuit would hurt too. Okay, so number two, you ski, you surf, or you hunt. And I'm going to read between the lines here again. I'm assuming because of the harm that you might accidentally cause someone else when you are skiing, surfing, or hunting. Uh, The third one here is you coach youth sports. Again, reading between the lines, I'm assuming you may get sued by a parent for some reason. Maybe you're, I don't know, maybe your coaching harmed one of their children things like that. And then the last one here, you own a swimming pool or trampoline. Again, injuries at your house, you could get sued. That sucks, etc. <laughs> Uncomfortable and not so fun things like that. All right. So how much does it cost? You might want to know that. And it- It totally depends on how much you get and who you work with. Again, I'll tell you what's going on with us. For us, we pay close to about 200 bucks per year for a million dollars in coverage. And what, from what I'm reading on the interwebs lately, you might be able to get closer to a hundred dollars for that million dollar coverage. So somewhere between a hundred and $200. The point is it's cheap. Lots of bang for the buck, right? It's probably a good bet 
when it comes to the insurance company, because the people who buy this policy are probably already very careful, smart folks anyway. So maybe that's why it's so inexpensive because they're making money anyway. So where can you get umbrella insurance? You might want to know. You can get it from the same company where you get your homeowner's insurance or your auto insurance. And that's what we did again. Make sure when you're doing this, though, make sure to ask about getting a discount if you bundle your insurance coverage together. The more policies you have with one company, the better deal you'll get. Insurance is kind of funny, though, right? Even though you're paying all this money for homeowners and auto and life and health and umbrella, you actually hope that you will never need it, which is which is kind of funny. But when something does come up, man, you're going to be glad that you had it. I hope that helps, Catherine. You guys can assess the situation for your life and decide if umbrella insurance is for you. And if you have a question like Catherine, please contact me at Andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com or leave me a voicemail like she did at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash voicemail. I love answering these questions and I hope it helps you too. For our FinTech Spotlight segment this month, we are featuring Zeta, a personal finance tool that is designed for couples. I've invited the founder and CEO of Zeta, Adity Shaker, to tell us more about this new money tool that might help your relationship. We're also going to discuss different ways to manage your money as a couple. Welcome to the show, Adity. Thank you so much. I'm so pumped to be here. So, Adity, you've written about several models for combining finances as a couple. Can you tell us what those models are? Yeah, absolutely. So, it's one of the things that we're seeing, especially with millennials, is that they're totally redefining how money and relationships work. Um, And one of the most important aspects of money and relationships is how they actually merge their finances. And we've seen three discrete models sort of appear in this in this segment. The first is the one that we all kind of know about, which is, you know, our parents used to combine all of it together, put it into one account, have a checking account and a savings account, and everything was just available and, and accessible to everybody. Um, the other model that we're seeing, which is the total opposite of that, is that people are keeping it totally apart. So couples have their own um, sort of savings accounts, their own checking accounts, their own investment accounts, and their own debt. But the third model that we're actually starting to see emerge is what we call the yours, mine, and ours approach, where couples are pooling some of their resources together, and they're choosing to keep some of them apart. So it's a totally new model that's really been driven in popularity by our generation in particular. Interesting. I get it. A little bit more autonomy. That makes sense. All right. So you got the all in together model. That's that's something that my wife and I have been doing since we got married. I'm not sure if that's right or wrong or anything or in between. I'm sure everybody's got their own flavor, right? But what are the pros of the all in together model in your opinion? So first of all, Andy, coffee is absolutely the number one flavor. So I'm not even sure that's a debate. Um, secondly, um, you know, the, the all in it model or all in it together model is really, really an easy model to go after. You know, it allows you to treat everything like you're a team and, and you as a team are trying to figure out how to navigate uh, your finances together. There are also a lot fewer accounts to manage, much easier to just have one saving account, one checking account and one investment account, uh, and hopefully one debt account. Um, and it's just as a result of that, a lot easier to track what you're earning, what you're spending and what you're saving. Um, 
But one of the values of, of doing trying some of those other models is, you know, you get benefits that we'll talk about uh, that are totally, totally different than what you get access to and all in it together. All right, let's talk about that. So let's dive into the yours, mine, and ours uh, situation that you were talking about. Okay, perfect. So yours, mine, and ours, full disclosure, that's the approach that my husband and I took. Um, and one of the reasons that we took that approach, and we hear other couples take that approach, is it, it allows you a little bit more independence along your personal preferences. So one of the things that we see in it all in it, or in the yours, mine, and ours approach, is two different styles. There's one style where people will pool their income into a shared checking account and then pull out personal allowances for themselves. Um, and there's another style where people will put everything into their personal accounts and pool a shared allowance together. Mm-hmm. Either of those approaches is totally dependent on the couple and sort of what they want. But one of the things that it allows you to do is really have control over where your money is going. You know, our generation is is more of a dual income couple than our parents' generation. 70% of our parents had a single income. Whereas in our generation, 70% of us have two incomes. And so what we're allowing, what the yours, mine, or what the partial model allows couples to do is have that control, but at the same time, be able to build shared assets and shared liabilities that they can feel as a team on together. Um, and, and one of the things that was really surprised me is we've actually heard a lot of women recommend this approach to their daughters because they encourage them to have a little bit of financial independence in their marriages. And one of the other things is that, you know, if my, my husband and I, we never end up fighting over what we're spending stuff on ourselves. So if he wants to go to J. Crew and buy three sweaters, that's his call, you know? And if I want to go get my hair done and, and I don't want to argue about how much it costs, that's my decision. And, and that's that independence. It can be really, really helpful. So doing this, do you feel like having separate budget line items is enough or do you feel like you really need to have separate accounts to make this work? It's a totally fair question. And we've seen both. We've seen folks who are like, I just need a separate budget line item. Um, But what we find is sometimes having transparency into somebody else's transactions, even if you have the separate, you know, budget line item, you're still able to say, hey, did you just spend $300 to get your hair done? Like, that is insane. You know, and there's a there's judgment in that already. Whereas if it's on a totally separate account and the transactions aren't visible to your partner, it changes the game. I get what you're talking about. You don't want to come home with a bag from J. Crew and have your your spouse look at you and say, "What? Where did you? What did you buy? Or what's in there? How much did that cost?" You don't want any of that uh, feeling. I get it. I get it. Okay, so let's talk about the last one, the completely separate. So, who does that then work for, in your opinion? You know, we're big fans of the totally separate approach when you're living together. A lot of our generation is moving in together well before they get married and they have, you know, pretty significant shared expenses like rent and utilities that come up. And so we're huge fans of this approach because we don't actually want you to put any of it together until you're really married and and start holding joint accounts. Um, However, the caveat here is I've seen many, many married couples continue this approach into their marriage. And what we find them do is even if they maintain separate accounts, they'll trade off taking responsibility over large expenses. So we've seen some couples say, I'll handle childcare if you handle housing, or I'll handle debt if you handle um, some other aspect. And so they they create this sort of divide and conquer dynamic 
um, while still maintaining full control over their finances. Mm -hmm. So the way you you can think about these models is almost like it's like a pattern of control, right? Where putting it all together, you lose the most amount of control in some ways and keeping it all separate, you maintain the most amount of control. And there's a balance that each couple has to find for themselves. Absolutely. Lots of different choices, lots of different uh, positives, negatives, different ways of looking at things. So, okay, let's let's talk to the couple that is maybe doing the all-in together model right now. And they are hearing what you're saying about the yours, mine, and ours, and maybe want to make a transition over to that camp. So do you have any advice for them? I would rock the boat the least at first and just start by creating what we call the personal allowance model, which is taking, say, 10% or 20% of your income and putting it into these personal buckets for yourselves. And you can make your own account to do that. Um, You know, you can also put it on a prepaid credit card or a debit card if that's the way you want to go. And and just start to get a sense for it. Try it for a month or two months and see how you guys feel about it. You know, does it make you suspicious of each other or do you guys actually like that independence. Um, And if you do, then you can start to evolve into different aspects of the the sort of partial approach that we've talked about, Um, the yours, mine, and ours. So what we find with couples is that they actually ease themselves into these dynamics rather than trying to make leaps. Got it. Got it. All right. Let's talk about Zeta then. So how do you guys help with this type of conversation? Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting is when we started Zeta, we were, we thought we were just going to go after the yours, mine, ours couples. We were like, oh, those are the guys who don't really have tools for them. Why don't we build that out? But what we've been totally surprised by is that the couples on the platform do all kinds of things. There's people who merge everything together and there are people who keep everything apart. So um, it's it's really incredible to be able to serve all of those different couples. Um, and one of the other things that we've realized is that Couples are really coming to us at the end of the day, not because we do the numbers for them or, or you know, we help them with these, these sort of details. The number one thing they just really want help with is communicating better with each other. They're like, just help us talk about this more. Help us figure out how to navigate some of these decisions. Help us ask each other about money in a way that's constructive and productive rather than accusatory or judgmental. Um, and so, you know, what we've done is we've, we've really focused on the idea that they're in a, in a modern day relationship. There are two people making decisions about money, not one. And that these two people have to actually interact and ask each other questions about specific transactions or even have independent goals that may not be connected to their shared goals. Um, And and that's something that we've really, really tried to emphasize because it's really something that's near and dear to us to fix in relationships all over. So break it down for us then. So what is Zeta? Is it a budget tool? Is it a net worth tracker? What is it? Yeah, so, you know, the simplest way to describe it is like, it's like having a CFO for your family, a chief financial officer who helps you guys figure out all your finances. And that includes everything from tracking your net worth to helping you understand your income, your spending, and your saving patterns. Um, and then it also dies into the sort of work evolved around money, right? Like managing your bills, uh, figuring out whether you're on track for your goals, helping you sort through your debt. All of this is sort of taken over and managed by Zeta. And our goal is to really give you back more time to spend your life the way you want it. So, Oddity, you started this company. So what was your personal motivation to get this thing started? Oh, man. So at the risk of TMI, 
Uh, <laughs> seven years ago, my husband, who was then my boyfriend, and I moved into our first apartment together, right? And I'm that Indian girl who's like, hey, babe, how are we sharing the finances? And he was like, well, I don't know. What do you think we should do? And so I called my mother and I'm like, mom, what do you think I should do? And she said, Arati, you're moving in with this boy and you're not even married to him. So I was like, okay, unhelpful. Call a friend of mine. I'm like, hey, you know, what do you think we should do? And she literally broke out in hives as she was talking to me about it. And she's like, please, please, please don't ask me money questions. <laughs> so then I go to Google and I'm like, well, Google, tell me what I do. And I got Oprah. Oprah.com was the number one hit. And, you know, I was sitting there reading what Oprah thought and was thinking, God, is this really what is this the person who should be telling me what to do with my finances? So it, it was that experience that really like seeded in my mind that like, oh my goodness, there's not a lot of resources for young couples. And when I started talking to other couples about it, realized that we weren't, so, Dumber and I weren't this weird couple who'd chosen this crazy model that in fact, 63% of millennials choose not to combine their finances 100%. And the second I came upon that realization, I'm a tech person. I've spent my, you know, the last 15 years of my career in product development. And I was like, it is time to fix this problem. All right. So I've heard this tool that we're talking about today is free. Is that true? That's right. Okay. Well, we have to ask then. So if it's free, how does your company make money? Because we, we want to know how it all works. Absolutely. I, I think it's a really, really important question to ask. And I should also emphasize the reason we decided to make Zeta Free was we wanted to make financial help available to any couple of any income, irrespective of where they lived and how much money they earned. Um, however, we do plan to make money. Um, and the way that we're going to do that is essentially creating value-added services that we, we feel that couples will opt in for. So whether that's helping you automatically save or pay off your debt or even taking over some of those money chores that we talked about, paying bills, for example, is something that I would happily pay someone else to do. And so those are the kinds of things that we really want to introduce so that couples can opt into that option, but don't have to do it. Okay. Yeah. I've heard of tools like this that help you maybe trim down your cable bill or they negotiate on your behalf. Are we talking about things like that? Exactly right. Or even, you know, you know, digit that helps you, you pay a couple of dollars a month and they help you automatically save or um, there's, you know, a bunch of tools that help you pay off your debt. So we're just like, I, we, what we've seen is couples are like, I have 600 tools that I'm using on my phone at this point and I don't even keep track. But if you guys just make it all happen through you, that would make me happier. Okay, I get it. I like that a lot. So with these tools, you collect a lot of data. You collect a lot of our personal data. So how do you ensure that you are protecting our data safely? Yeah, so customer trust is our North Star at Zeta. So we don't do anything that we think will violate that trust in any way. Um, so, and, and that data, sort of the sanctity of that data is incredibly important to us. Um, we, for, we start by leveraging sort of bank level security and encrypting all of the data that you guys give us in any way, shape or form. Um, and then we also try to avoid collecting any data that might be something that hackers would want. So, for example, when you link your account to us, we actually use a third-party tool that is an industry standard that, you know, many, many banks and other financial institutions use so that we never collect your credentials and we can never touch or move money on your behalf. Um, and then the last piece of it is we just are very committed to not selling your data to anybody. And that is something that is very rare. You know, in fintech, it's, it's hard for any fintech tool to really look at you and say that. 
uh, with a clear conscience. And, and But that's something that's really important to us. We'd rather you keep your own data rather than sell it out to everyone else. Well, that's definitely a refreshing approach, and I'm glad you guys are, are taking that stance. So, hey, everybody, if you want to give Zeta a try for free, go to marriagekidsmoney.com slash Zeta. You will be not only supporting Zeta and their mission, but you'll also be supporting this show. So, Oddity, what else can people learn from Zeta? Yeah, please tell us that you heard it from Andy because we we want to give him a high five for every person he sends us. But um, more importantly, you know, if you're in any way, shape, or form not ready or are nervous about getting uh, started with personal finance online, um, you can also just start with our newsletter, and we send a ton of resources uh, for folks to learn about how to handle love and money and all the awkwardness that is involved. And they're doing it in a fun way, guys. If you check out their website again, go to marriagekidsmoney.com/zeta. They are having fun quizzes, fun articles. They're they're taking personal finance and they are making it a really good time. And Adity, I just want to let you know, I'm going to, you know, assess the situation with my wife here because uh, we're doing the all in together model and maybe yours, mine and ours might, uh, may provide a little bit more of that autonomy and, um, you know, some freedom for my wife and I to kind of make some choices and purchases that make us happy. So we'll report back to you on that. Absolutely. And you know what, Andy, the day that couples come to me and say, hey, you've made manage, you've made managing money feel as easy as ordering dinner. I know I've made it I'm like, yes. Well, cheers to you on that mission. I'm very happy to be here with you. And thanks so much for chatting with us today. Thanks, Andy. thanks to Oddity for sharing more about Zeta and a big thanks to Catherine for reaching out with her question about umbrella insurance. You'll find all the links and resources for today's show at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 133. This includes a full written version of today's show. You can check that out again at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 133. As a quick reminder, this show is for entertainment purposes only, my friends. Be sure to seek out a professional for your specific financial situation. You too, Catherine. (laughs) Before we go for the day, I'd like to ask you to do any one of these three things to support this show. Number one, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player so we're hanging out every week. Number two, share this episode with a friend who's thinking about getting married, is wondering about umbrella insurance, or is thinking about how to combine money with their spouse. They will thank you, and I definitely will too. And then the last one, number three, leave me a review in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Those reviews help more people to find this show. So we received nine reviews since last month's giveaway offer of the Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, the Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, and the book Unshakable by Tony Robbins. And to help me pick our winner this week, I've got my assistant, Zoe Hill, to help me here once again. How are you today, Zoe Hill? I'm great. Well, I'm so glad to be with you, and this is a fun tradition that you you and I do once a month and have a lot of fun. So so we've got nine reviews, so can you do your thing and ask Google what, uh, what we're asking for? Yep. Hey, Google, pick a number between one and nine. Here's a random number, two. All right, number two. That is our second review from East Street Beat. He says, my fave show, and gives it five stars. And Zoe's going to read the podcast description or the, the review. 
I recently discovered this podcast and I've been listening nonstop on my free time when I get the chance to the episodes that I feel related to me. I started from episode one and I've worked my way up. I would recommend if you are interested in becoming debt free. Awesome. Thank you so much, Zoe, for reading that. I really appreciate it. And you are the best helper, the best assistant a daddy could ever ask for. Thank you so much for being here today. Yay. (laughs) And thank you, East Street Beat, for leaving that nice review. I really appreciate it. If you want to have Zoe read your review on this show, make sure you go to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and leave a nice review and then take a screenshot of that, email it to me, and then we will read yours if Google picks your random number and we're going to send you a book. And again, next month, we're going to do the same books. The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman, The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey and Unshakable by Tony Robbins. The reason I chose those three books is those were very impactful for me and my family during our family financial journey. And I want to help you guys out too. So make sure you leave those reviews. And thanks again. Thank you, East Street Beat. And thank you, Zoe Hill. This month on the show, we've got an incredible lineup, my friends. Uh, next Monday, May 13th, we have five-time best-selling author Ruth Sukup, and she's going to join me to discuss the role fear plays in achieving our goals. The week after that, May 20th, our Mortgage Freedom Series returns, and we chat with Jesse Fearon, who paid off her mortgage, living on only $3,000 per month. Very cool. And then the week after that, May 27th, we have Dr. Laura Dapney, and she's going to join us to discuss what married couples can do when they have different views about money. April was a record-setting month for this show, record-breaking. And I just wanted to say thank you for the support, everyone. It is so cool. I absolutely love doing this show. It brings me so much joy. So thank you. That's all I have to say. (laughs) In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Robert Dodds. The goal in marriage is not to think alike, but to think together. Partnership and communication can go a long way, my friends. Carpe diem! 